2: This is the cooking by voice of your local announcer Tom Fitzmorris, coming to you from the wave paths and uh, of your other contralations through uh, this part of the world and all of that and would. I know, I'll shut up any second now. It's the food show. Here's the idea. We go on the air, live, and we talk to you or anybody else who drifts in and tells us where he or she has been eating lately or what you really love to eat if you're not eating it today or anything else you want to know about the the dining scene in New Orleans. It's uh, America's best city for eating, and uh, that's why I just go ahead and say that. If you uh, think you can uh, show me otherwise, uh, I, I look forward. Well, I don't look forward to it, but uh, I, I'd, I'd kind of like to see what you uh, it goes in through your mind uh, telling us how your uh, ideas are better than ours. Uh, I, I'd be very happy to see that, actually, because there is so much good food out there uh, that you never get to the end of it. And uh, it's always a pleasure for me to be here uh, performing our Broadcast here on 105.3 FM HD 2, and Marianne is here, and Marianne always re- resembles, not, wait, excuse, that, that's not the word I want. Uh, she always uh, comes in and makes it clear what uh, it is that we're looking for around here. Good food. Uh, A lot of fun, uh, easy, also very important, uh, accessible. There are a lot of restaurants out there that people would like to go to more often than they do, but they don't because they don't have the money for it. I can relate to that, but uh, I think most of us do. Anyway, we uh, put that in here and uh, always looking for uh, anything along those lines. Uh, The more of them we have, the better, because I can pass it around to all the people who listen to us all the time. 260-6368, 260-6368. 260-6368, 260-6368. Those are our phone numbers. That's all you need to know. Just punch them in there, and away you go. And speaking of um, speaking of Mary, <coughs> oh, excuse me. Something just went down. Hello. Hi. Hi there. Have you ever uh, been to a, a place that for, you, for your money is uh, the best thing all the time? Or, or is that the just too... The best
3: to... thing all the time. Yeah.
2: Because sometimes you get something and it's, it's good one day and not so good the next day.
3: No, I think that we had this conversation yesterday about New Orleans food and yeah. spirits. We mm-hmm. got a completely different thing than we normally get, which is the seafood platter. And it was spectacular, as everything else that we've ever had there. Where was is. that? <clears throat> Our usual Monday haunt, yeah. New Orleans food and spirits, and... We're not talking about a really expensive restaurant. We're talking about a casual, rather inexpensive restaurant with sort of just good home cooking kind of food. But it's really good, and it's a great price, and it's 100% consistent. You know what you're going to get when you go there. I think there's a lot of places that are consistent, but I think there are a lot of places that aren't consistent as well, and that's a little bit frustrating sometimes.
2: Yeah, well, not not too bad. Uh, at least we have it out here. There are a lot of parts of America that uh, don't really have any particularly good food. They really don't. You can get get down there and oh, I and, think
3: there's a I think there's probably more places than not where the food is not particularly yeah. good that's where why the, when that's why when that guy called us that time and said that his girlfriend was looking for diner kinds of food i thought uh why <laughs> you know well in its why? time
2: in its time it was one of the most popular things around you know like wool's woolworth
3: never here though
2: well, we had woolworths here we had uh, uh-huh. two of them that were very famous. One of them was on the corner of Rampart and uh, Canal, and the other one was on Canal, uh, uh, right across the street from um, from the uh, mm-hmm. that that big store, D.H. Uh, um, Homes. Homes, Thank you. D
3: H Homes, Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Anyway, two six zero six three six eight is the number. You know, it's interesting. Um, it does. Yeah. The. Uh, the Southern Charm Bistro,
2: the Southern Charm, which
3: has taken over the O'Briens
2: Grill, I think I have their card right here because we went there and is and had-
3: looking for another location, which I find pretty uh, wild. Well, they because were because in- they are just so busy; they don't have enough space. So that just goes to show you how desperate the uh, the clientele on the West Bank is for good food. I mean, they just mm-hmm. you know, they're packing them in all the time and and they just need more restaurants, more good restaurants over there. Yeah, that's yeah. been
2: said by for the West Bank for a for long, a long, time. long time.
3: Probably since the 80s, huh, when the Oh,
2: even even earlier. When than the that. oil
3: bust hit. Anyway. So well, what can you do?
2: I don't know. We but we expect you to come up with it in the next 10 minutes.
3: You expect me to come up with uh, a wonderful topic? We can do that. Oh,
2: you've got one. Let's hear. Well, wait before you go. I always have topics. I have. uh, Yes. So do I. We have. uh, We have a little feature in here called the almanac. The gourmet section. We do.
3: Yes. Uh And
2: I. uh, I have two of them today because the the gizmo that throws out the ink. Uh, was running a little late, so I lost a few of these lines here. And they, I couldn't get them to go. But uh, we had some other things uh, here. If you want to take a look at them, uh, you might find them interesting, Mary. Tom has yes.
3: the most <clears throat> absurd track record with a printer. We could do an entire show we on really Tom could. and printers. Yeah. It's, it's quite remarkable, actually.
2: But it's, uh, you know, it, it's uh, focused uh, in a small area. It's not something that we have, you know, 50 uh, printers or anything
3: like that. Mm-hmm. is the number. That's yeah, 260. Yeah, that's a little funny, yeah. you guess what, Tom? Tell me, what? Today is National Jambalaya Day. Don Clement, do not call me with your canned jambalaya recipe. Well, he will, though. I've, I'm sure he will. Uh, I guess I should probably try that because it's, I mean, I'm not going to do it today because yeah. it's also our anniversary. We have to find some place to go that is worthy of an anniversary.
2: It's a, it's For 30
3: a, years, we went to the Windsor Court, and then we decided to start something new on our 31st So we're not going to the Windsor Court. As a matter of fact, we're not on the South Shore at all. So uh, I was going to throw out Dakota maybe since we haven't been there in a very
2: long time. Mm, A long trip sort of. uh, You
3: threw out Pardo's, but uh, we'll see. Anyway, Jambalaya. I love Jambalaya. I love Jambalaya right up there with, let's see, what are my favorite things besides pizza? Of course, hamburgers.
2: Seafood Um, platters.
3: No, I I used to really be into seafood platters, and I stopped fried foods for the most part. Um, I don't know, maybe ten years ago, and I I I do fried foods occasionally. If there's a really good, there's a really good house made chip or a really good house made french fry. I'll do that. But for the most part I really don't do fried foods. I mean it's it's a rare thing. But the other day yesterday at New Orleans Food and Spirits I figured what the heck, you know, let's try it. So we did it. But um but generally speaking I'm and I and what I find is that when I've done fried foods it's kind of like I'm <laughs> one of those people that you know if you fall off the wagon people with discipline they fall off the wagon, and then they regroup, and they get back on it. I say to myself, okay, well, I've already done that. I'm just going to keep going, and that's what I do. Mm. So if I've had fried foods one day, I have fried foods the next day, and then where does it stop? you know? And that's that's just kind of like.
2: No, it seemed to me to be the other way around. You If you get into one that is you know, three bottles of this or that, it starts you a, a rip and roar on you, and then you wind up eating a lot more of it.
3: Yeah, something like that. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, two six zero, six three, six eight, is jambalaya.
2: Jambalaya, the one wonderful thing about jambalaya <clears throat> is that every time you have it, it's different.
3: You say, Tom, <clears throat> that <clears throat> I do not like Zatarain's. That's not true. I do like Zatarain's mix. I just prefer Tony Sachery's, and I also like Oak Grove a lot. I haven't tried all of them. But I don't really – it's like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I have a recipe for jambalaya, which is just Amazing. the mix.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It's just the mix. And I do everything like I would if I was making it from scratch. I do the the trinity. I do the sausage. I boil my own stock from a smoked chicken. I do all those things. But I don't trust myself to do rice properly or to have the right spice blend. And I find that Tony Sacheries has a spice blend that, to my palate, is really, really good. And Mm -hmm. so that's what I use. But you know what I found about those jambalaya mixes? You can't use more than one kind together because the rice cooks at different speeds, depending mm-hmm. on the mix. So if I, and I learned this the hard way, with Oak Grove and Tony Sachery's in the same pile, uh, it didn't, it didn't, Oak Grove cooks slower than the others for some reason. I don't know what kind of rice they're using. Two six zero six three six eight is the number. Best jambalaya in town?
2: Good question. What, uh, you can start. That's an easy
3: one for me to answer.
2: Oh, it'll hit me.
3: Uh, Eric Luce. Eric Luce. Yes. Who that? Eric Luce, the chef at Luke, when Mary Lee Mary Lee's almost wedding, we did a tasting at La Foray, which was um actually it wasn't La Foray. It it had already changed hands yeah. and was
2: a block away from uh, Pigeon. And Prince
3: or Pigeon and Prince. I yeah. don't know. I don't even know why they that, named it that. It's that silly name. A,
2: well, it was another John Besh uh, thing.
3: Yeah, it was a venue with John Besh for a while, and um, it, it's it's a stunningly beautiful place. I don't know what's going on with it now, but uh, it would be a pity if it became anything other than a venue or a restaurant because mm-hmm. it's it's really really beautiful. But um, we did a tasting there, and. Eric Luce, who was the chef then, he now is the chef at Luke, but Eric made a jambalaya that was otherworldly. Good. Yeah, it was uh, the three of us. It was Mary Lee and her fiancé and me, and um, there was actually a pot of it, and we killed the whole thing. We absolutely killed the whole thing. And we told him later that was absolutely the best jambalaya that we had ever had. And he said, you know, I took a bite of it on the way out of the kitchen, and I stopped in my tracks, and I turned around to the chef, and I said, remember what you did here. This is good stuff. And it absolutely was. And I don't know if the chef did remember what he did. And Eric has the keys to that kingdom but I'd be willing to bet that the jambalaya at Luke is probably the best you're going to find out there. Luke You, don't, in, you don't see jambalaya too
2: much on menus. Uh, no, not as much as you – you know. Know, but it, it comes and goes. There are some people that really love it, and there are other people who, who – like it pretty well, and they keep the the dishes full. Is there
3: anyone who doesn't like jambalaya? I'd be really oh, curious to hear look, that. I mean, look, how far wrong can you go? It's it's rice and let's see if vegetables somebody and has, uh, and sausage. I mean, isn't sausage one of God's great creations? um The the jambalaya at Luke, I think, is an outstanding version. And I think another version that I really like is, coincidentally, at the same place we were just talking about, New Orleans Food and Spirits, mm-hmm. where Byron will make it sometimes as a special or part of a special dish. Byron? Byron. And he, he makes one that I don't usually like. What's I don't that? like seafood and meats in the same pot.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much with you. And I
3: think that's true of gumbos. Italian food. I like meat to be meat and seafood to be seafood. And uh, he does it all. Byron does. But I still like it. Anyway, two six 6368
2: We'll come back, uh, have a, a break to get into. And uh, here it comes here on 105.3 FM HD2. It's the Food Show. I'm Tom Fitzmorris, and a lot of other cool people here with us as well. Thank you. Hang on and come visit to us. Visit to us. WWL,
3: 105.3 FM, HD2.
0: Anything else you want to say? (laughs) I mean, you know, hey, I would like to wish you a very happy 31st anniversary here. Thank you, Doug. And you do know that the 31st anniversary is the timepiece anniversary. Oh, is that so? That's right. So I'd like to wish you a happy uh, 320, I think, what Three? is
3: the time piece? What is the significance of that?
0: It's a watch. It's something you now, tell time, a time with, unless is. you're very slow and use just a calendar.
3: In this house, the 31st anniversary might be the murder anniversary. Uh, you know, what,
0: what do you mean that's, by that? That's the 32nd. Sounds dangerous. Wait, what, Doug? That's the 32nd. <laughs>
2: Don't dance me, I won't dance. Don't ask me, I won't dance, Madame, with you. My, where would everybody go? We were having lots of fun there, or were we? <laughs> what is that? Your that's a uh, that's a microphone. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's so um, I
3: can speak into it and carry yeah. on the show.
2: Uh, put out a little note. How about
3: that for an idea? Huh? What? I said, how about that for an idea? What? You know, I like one of your old kitchen sage says yeah. today, jambalaya. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, no. No, this is your deaf dining rule. If you can identify everything in a jambalaya, it's not a very good
2: jambalaya. Isn't that the truth? No. You don't think it's true? <laughs> I don't think so.
3: No. Well, I mean,
2: you know, you, you nobody would want to eat. Are you
3: implying that jambalaya should be sort of mushy rice? Because I don't think so.
2: No, I'm mushy. I hate mushy. Yeah, I know. I hate mushy uh, from whatever direction.
3: You were talking about the two different kinds of the jazz fest, which I absolutely am adamant about.
2: Yeah. Well, they have so there's many of
3: them. There's the Creole one, which is red, mm-hmm. and there's the Cajun one, which is brown. They are very distinctive. I do not like a Creole jambalaya at all.
2: Uh, you it are, has
3: to be a Cajun jambalaya.
2: You are not alone, and a lot of people feel the same way about I don't uh, know. I no, do know I, that I do. do. I've, I've, as a matter of fact, I have a photograph here. That do you
3: have just, a preference, Creole or Cajun jambalaya? If you do, give us a call, 260 mm-hmm. a little informal poll mm-hmm. here.
2: Yeah. Two six zero six three six eight. I think it, right. that
3: what you wrote about Jambalaya is really pretty interesting. Of course, yeah. I mean, you what know, did I say? it always is. Uh, but you were talking—it's quite lengthy. I mean, it, it goes on for most of the almanac today. Hmm. But you have here that it's there are two two kinds. Um, The Creole is made with enough tomato to turn it a distinctly red-orange color. The Cajun jambalaya Mm -hmm. may have some tomato in it, but probably not. It's emphatically brown and typically spicier and meatier. While both styles can have the entire range of proteins, the Creole version is more likely to include shrimp, Mm -hmm. while the Cajun version... More probably it's, it's includes very spicy, smoky sausage mm. or tasso. Yep. Chicken is common in both. See, I don't, I don't think. I don't again meat and seafood. I don't like it. Jambalaya is often called a descendant of paella, but we question that. You could as well say uh-huh. it's a descendant of fried rice. I think fried rice is an invention of American quote Chinese restaurants.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about <laughs> it. We we were uh, we, I
3: love fried rice, but I think it's fake. We uh,
2: uh we we went over to again uh, uh-huh. a couple of days ago yeah. and really had a very sparse program because we didn't want to eat a lot a lot of food but it was it was very good and you know uh, Trey Treyen is so steady so uh, yeah, reliable it's good. It's good. anyway they we had a you know a big uh, big plate of it
3: you had your mooshu pork and mushu i pork. had the steak special which is
2: always so. Great
3: fantastic.
2: For the money. For
3: $20, you definitely get a whole filet mignon. It's cut up into slices, but there's a whole filet mignon there in terms Mm. of, of ounces of beef. It's exceptionally good. I don't know what Chinese people know about green beans that we don't know about green beans, but in Chinese restaurants, there is an elevation of the stature of green beans, in my opinion, to something rarefied. Absolutely rarefied. Um, I notice this mostly at Din Tai Fung in California, but that's a Michelin star Chinese restaurant. It's everywhere. The, it is. It is exceptionally good also in the steak. Dish that they do as a special at Trayen. They were green beans in there, and they had that same fantastic, can't get enough of them quality. Two six zero six three six eight. If you'd like to join our little chat fest here, so chat fried rice. So, so fried rice.
2: Fried rice. Okay.
3: I uh, submit. That fried rice is strictly an invention of American Chinese restaurants.
2: Well, here it was, and uh, she
3: says this not having ever dined in China itself, but
2: mm-hmm. well, it's uh, and
3: not likely to for a long you know, time.
2: There is one uh, aspect of uh, Chinese food, and uh, this I think also applies to uh, jambalaya too, and that is if you get a plate of what you are pretty sure is uh, you know a modest platter of Chinese food or jambalaya, either one, and it has what? There's absolutely you,
3: nothing in common other than rice.
2: That, uh, what you wind up getting, though, is a quantity of food that is way out of uh, whack to, as to the quantity of the food that comes to your table. And whenever you we, we had uh, a, a, salt, a hot and sour soup... Small one, not even the big bowl, but the you know, normal size. And then uh, there was the mushu, which we had done with pork, uh, simple enough. It was probably the biggest thing of all. And then uh, finally there was an entree. The steak special. The steak special, which was tremendous. But when you looked at it and compared it with the, uh, a similar uh, quantity of it, from anywhere else you would say, that's too much food. It's a, it, you eat Chinese, it's in in advance, you know, it's much more, uh, much hungrier Tom, to, to... Tom yeah, is shrinking
3: yeah. because he doesn't eat. He eats like a little old lady. A few you bites know, and, and you're we done. Are. They tell us... A few for, bites and you're done. <laughs> for,
2: for years, they tell us that you have to cut down on your on the things that you eat. Eat this, this, and this, but not this, this, and this. And then, once we get to the point where we're actually doing that, what comes out of it? What comes out of it is me, which i've my my uh weight is is like way out of whack and uh I don't know how it happened
3: yeah, okay,
0: well anyway, okay uh, now let's put let's... this fried rice thing to bed here okay let's do, let's do. fried rice the origin of fried rice goes back to a d Oh, 589, 618, right in there in the, it's the Sui dynasty of China, in the Yangtze province, and that's in eastern uh, eastern China, as a matter of fact, is when that dish started. So it is, in fact, Chinese, so there.
3: Mm-hmm. I wonder if that, well, I still maintain, it may have origins in China like all the other things that you see in american chinese restaurants but i'll bet you the chinese version is unrecognizable to american palates no, yeah. like you know just, the chinese version just the
0: same is, way as everybody's gumbo is different yes. same thing same same
2: i can buy, i can buy into that
3: i i i don't know if i would agree with that because in china in china there are a lot of unrecognizable things that I wouldn't want to eat, whereas I would eat uh, just about anything. Oh, I don't know. Maybe that's not true either. In a gumbo in a dark roux. I don't know. Anyway.
2: Dark roux, you put it on some things and not on others. So the, the older I get, the more I find that to be true.
3: A dark roux? What a do dark I mean you roux. put it on something.
2: Oh, well, uh, gumbo is the most obvious thing. Uh, uh, spot, stopping, starting, I'll I'll get this yet. And, Obvious
3: example. Um, Doug, what year was that fried rice did you find? It's B C you said.
2: oh well, you must be busy. But anyway, where were we?
0: Five sixteen AD. Five sixteen AD. Five sixteen A. Year, plus okay. or minus okay. plus or minus a few years uh, because yeah. they didn't okay. keep really good. So pretty they didn't have early. watches or anything.
3: Okay. I have to say I do like paella a lot. You what? Oh, I a like lot? Paella, oh, paella a lot. And it, it is very, very close to Long jambalaya. Length. But what's interesting about paella and jambalaya is that I just said that I don't like seafood and meat together, and paella absolutely has seafoods and meats together. And I find paella to be wetter, generally speaking, than jambalaya.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty true. There's
3: a place in town. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? There's a place in town where it's like a pop-up, and they're doing paella.
2: I haven't heard about it, but I, I wouldn't I be surprised. I saw them
3: at a, at a food truck in Covington at an art show, and I'm trying to think of the name. It's two girls, hmm. and they have this pop-up paella thing going if anybody knows what i'm talking about would you call 260-6368 mary lee knows the name of him because she sees it on instagram but if you are an instagram traveler and know the name of what i'm talking about please give me a call because i think people would like to know about where this is and where you can get some of this since you're right tom it's not really all that common to see Jambalaya in restaurants, and if you don't want to make your own jambalaya, maybe this paella would work for you.
0: Yeah, and I there think Costero
3: some... has a good uh, paella well, too. It, there,
2: are, there are all kinds of dishes that pop up and that you you don't expect them, and they are utterly unique. I'll give you an example of this. Oh, and you know, it just occurred to me that this week that is ending now—it's
3: uh, not ending; it just started. Huh? It's Tuesday.
2: I I know, but. For, for, okay, At the end I of this week,
3: will be will be Valentine's yeah. Day. Yeah. Okay. Is that got you're going you.
2: Well, no. <laughs> what what I was working up to is that uh, this uh, week was uh, my birthday on on two different occasions.
3: Well, it was only one birthday and then two celebrations.
2: Well, uh, you, you, uh, a lot of things are celebrated once and then the, again of an hour later. You know. That's. But anyhow, uh, we went to Antoine's. And started out at Broussard's actually, but Antoine's has a dish on its menu called Oysters Foch. F-O-C-H. It's named for the uh, hero of, the, of World War One, not World War Two. World War One. And uh, upon getting there, I recognized this dish uh, because I I hadn't had it there in a long time. Oysters Foch. <laughs> And it starts off with fried oysters, no big deal, just straight ahead, fried oysters. The rest of it, are the parts of the you know, of the oyster that are not, you know, completely covered with uh, crunchy stuff, this one though, had a sauce on it that was practically totally black, and it covered the the uh, the uh, uh, oysters. And I remember having had this on on previous reports over there and, and and now remembering how much I liked it. And it was this dark, 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 roux is what it was, put this load on top of itself. And uh, what a dish. I mean, I, I cannot think of anything even remotely like it. But that's where the the that kind of uh, thick, thick, thick roux kind of stuff comes in. And it's good because it sets us apart from everybody else, I think. Yes. Yeah.
3: 260 is the number. If you'd like to chat with us, give us a call, please. Yeah, why not? WWL 105.3 FM HD2.
2: What's going on? Imagine that. Hi there, it's the Food Show. I'm Tom Fitzmaurice. We'd love to talk with you about food, about restaurants, about cooking and wine and all of that. Uh, uh, Marianne is here with us, as she always is, at just about about all of our visits around and about.
3: Tom, did you go to that dinner at Louis XVI with Paul Bocuse?
2: No, I remember hearing about it but I never I did not go to that.
3: Was that before you were really entrenched in the gourmet food scene here?
2: No, I'm pretty doggone uh, entrenched in it. But uh This was
3: in the late 70s. I remember
2: I remember it well <laughs> and I was not there for that. Um but we were talking about it for years. We, there might be people still talking about it even now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what it, were
3: they saying about it?
2: Well, uh, we were so accustomed to do our local cuisine here mm-hmm. in New Orleans and all the Cajun and all the rest of it uh, that the rules followed by the chefs in uh, from Europe uh, would would surprise uh, everybody else because we didn't have that kind of very sharp uh, different styles of of cooking. Uh, and a lot of the younger guys, they turned out a great product. Everybody loved it. But they also had much more, uh, very sharp, uh, fixed-up uh, ideas of what you could do and what the you rules. couldn't do in the rules. Right, for what the French chefs all did, mm-hmm. and you know all of that. And uh, so that didn't really penetrate New Orleans. Did
3: you ever have Paul Bocuse's food anywhere?
2: No, no, mm-hmm. can't um a, a couple, three of them.
3: Who did who uh, did Henri for the brief time that it was here? The restaurant. Yeah, who was the chef oh, of uh, Henri?
2: Yeah, it was. Um, oh gosh, I'd have to s- step in, stop. Did it. they I stay never... in
3: town after it closed?
2: They uh, well, what they did was they came in every uh, twice a year, mm. and they would. So it wasn't
3: in. even really local people. It was. No, it was
2: distinctly French chefs and you could and this was a very tight thing because these these chefs had come out of uh, Paris, uh, excuse me, in it was it came out of Paris. Excuse mm-hmm. me, I said it again. What what I meant to say is that they the, they came from France and they were playing everything mm-hmm. sharp at oh you know really
3: So they had they didn't stay in town. So twice a year the chefs that were responsible for the food at Henri came yeah. in town to look it over to check things out or what?
2: That's exactly what they were doing and actually well, was, who was
3: actually in the cook well, in the kitchen was, cooking the day-to-day stuff?
2: Again, I know the guy. I got to know him very well because I was Rene
3: Bejo, was it? No, okay.
2: Uh, went to uh, the part of France where those guys came from, and that was, uh, was unbelievable. Was that
3: Auberge de Lille?
2: Auberge de Lille, right? Okay, that's it. And uh that was the Wait, the, did you
3: go to you yes. didn't go there as a result of having been to Henri, did you?
2: No. Uh yes, yes and no because Henri came to town twice and he brought in people from New Orleans uh, twice a year and the the two would get together, the two groups of chefs would get together and give each other tips. That's basically what it was. So we had this absolutely rock solid chef bunch of chefs who were uh, practically in heaven.
3: rarefied, and, and,
2: yes. And it was uh, it was So surreal. does
3: anyone know who was actually in the kitchen at yes. Henri back yes. in the day? Yeah. On if one, you do, give us a call, 260-6368. What? On,
2: on one particular day, it was me. And uh, I I had uh, muscles. <laughs>
3: I said in the kitchen, Tom, yeah. did you have a chef's toque oh. to make your muscles? Well,
2: no, they, they told me, would you like to, and I said, sure. So I learned a little bit more about uh, about cooking, and uh, these guys were happy to okay, do it. Okay, then they, let
3: me rephrase that. Does right. anyone know who was in the kitchen and getting paid to be there? I was being paid. Back in Henri, uh, in, the, in the, like, what? mid 80s no no it would have been yeah. no have been like the early 90s could late be. late 80s early 90s could
2: be yeah
3: because i didn't show up in your life until today actually yep. in uh 30 31 years ago
2: you didn't meet my my <laughs> what how did that go
3: uh, i i don't even want to venture a guess tom <laughs> 260-6368 is the number I'm it's looking like I have a for a couple of questions to be answered. Mm-hmm. One is who was in the kitchen at Henri at Le Meridian Hotel? That's where it started. back in the day, yep. for the brief time that uh, Henri was here exactly that's uh that's what I'd like to know. And you said that wait, did you say that um okay. I was looking at uh, a Berge in your almanac, thinking mm-hmm. it was uh La Berge de Lille, but it wasn't. It was um, Leon. It was Paul Bocuse. Begu- More about not, Paul
2: Bocuse. Not bad, though, to have
3: him. Who, Paul Bocuse? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that um, today is also the premiere of the first installment of Julia Child's cooking show in mm. 1963.
2: Yeah, so it's odd that that would be on
3: year. the same day that Paul Bocuse was born. Maybe there's a connection. Could be. Maybe someone said, let's start the show on that day because he's one of the big French chefs.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Anyway, I saw that uh, that Julia and Julia, that movie. Do you remember that movie, oh, Julia true. and Julia? Very,
2: very entertaining, yeah.
3: That's, uh, that's actually on demand, Tom, if you yeah. want to see that movie, instead of your Jimmy Fallon one night. Yeah, Julie and Julia. I thought that was a cute little movie.
2: Yeah, it was a cute little movie. And uh, uh, later, did you
3: meet Julia Child? I was
2: about to say, I was uh, at a at a uh, hotel. Well, it was the Royal Sinesta, is where it was on the uh-huh. ground floor. And uh, they invited me and some other uh, uh, media wh- wheeze balls to come on in and, and check it out. So I sat. Was
3: she cooking, or was she just sitting there? She
2: was sitting there. But we were talking about food enough that you could, she could put it down for you. Anyway, uh, uh, we were sitting there, and the first sh- uh, the first dish that came out was oysters Rockefeller on or incorporated into uh, uh, something like a, a cast a custard, if you can put your eye around that. I can't. Uh, it, but it wasn't sweet. It it was definitely uh, all.
3: So it was like a, it was like a an oyster Rockefeller but, um, casserole.
2: Exactly, but with, with really. Uh, but more, more custard to c- it. Right, but but not no. So it's uh,
3: almost solidified, only exactly. softly
2: solidified. And, uh, uh, and she was. Uh,
3: like a souffle, maybe?
2: Yeah, it was in that direction except like an oysters Rockefeller not sweet. souffle. It wasn't sweet. That was the but Yeah, only. you can have souffles
3: yeah. that are not sweet. Yeah. So it's like an oysters Rockefeller souffle.
2: Right, and, and you would bake it in the oven a little bit before it, it went out but to yeah, the table. Yeah, all souffles are baked in and, the oven. And uh, well some t- like a, a custard wouldn't not always anyhow. So anyhow, uh getting back to this. Uh she uh sat down and tried the this Rockefeller bisque Not bisque. Souffle. A souffle, uh, yeah. It wasn't exactly a souffle. But uh, anyway, she came in. She tried it. She said that she really loved it. Oh, this is very wonderful. And that was the only comment that the restaurant got all evening long.
3: So it was a dinner.
2: Yeah, it was a dinner. Were you
3: You were at the dinner also? I was with them. Oh, I see.
2: Okay. And uh, uh, Julia Child, I'm talking about, but uh, it was funny to me at the time that they, they that they sent her those. Uh, what year was that? That would have been, I'm guessing, mm. late that had, late I w- 80s.
3: I was about to say that had to be before my time because I know that I would have heard about that. So that had to be before I entered the picture, which was well, 1980. but the, the
2: point is that the funny thing about it was that uh, uh, when she ate it. Ate uh, a second uh, pop in the mouth there. I it was she. Uh, she said nothing more about it. So I took the idea that she probably didn't like that very much. But, well, maybe uh,
3: she's just not a an effusive person. No, well, she actually is an effusive. Yeah, 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 I don't. She's rather known for that, actually. We so didn't I don't know. Her
2: or fool her, fool her. So maybe
3: like she that. just didn't like it. Maybe she, that's, I don't think that, she did. that's maybe the only thing yeah. that she liked. And that was where at the sinesta, who at the was in Royal the Royal ki- sinesta, who was in the kitchen? Then?
2: Uh you know, once again, I'm sorry to do this all the time, but it's when, when the band is wasn't you know, Andrea, was it? No, it wasn't. Okay. It was uh it was a chef. Uh, who was at the Royal Sinesta for a long time.
3: Oh, I know who you're talking about Michelle Morceau.
2: That's who. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. But uh
3: who ha- who now has Micheline maybe?
2: The place out in towards No, uh, Mirabelle. Mirabel. Mirabel, yeah, yes. Yes. It's in it. Hammond. Hammond, right.
3: Yeah. He he and I, uh that was at the time that I had um the boyfriend. Um
2: You had a boyfriend? Uh
3: Uh-huh, I did. And um, I wanted to make him beef wellington on his birthday because that was his favorite dish. And I got puff pastry from Michelle at the Sinesta who told me, don't even attempt to make puff pastry. Just come get some for me. (laughs) So I came to get it and i i think i did actually make the dish and it was fine but it was mm-hmm. i couldn't understand it at that time but i mean he he was kind of a gourmet too he and and i remember when i told him i was going to marry you he thought it was absolutely hysterically funny
2: <laughs>
3: that 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 we were going to get married uh-huh. and share a life together because he knew what a non-gourmet i was and he really was a gourmet, and thought that the idea was preposterous.
2: Wow, and it worked out beautifully over over such a long time. Yeah. Hello, hello, <laughs> I'm <just> hello.
3: <laughs> he was right; it was preposterous. Two six zero six three six eight is the number. We are just, you know, blathering as always about food. So give us a call if you would like to join in on that. And uh, even if not, still give us a call because, you know, we need it. Today is also the birthday of Thomas Edison.
2: Yeah, I wonder what he used to do. He liked uh, <laughs> light bulbs, I heard. and yes. I can't figure out what the deal but, was but there. But what
3: is the food connection to why was Thomas Edison's birthday in your almanac, because I'm trying to think of what what connection his name would have to food.
2: Well, you can imagine how many different or dishes. just
3: thinking because? No, that's not true. I was about to say you're just thinking because he invented the light bulb that that would have something to do with cooking. I mean, I guess that means that you could cook later. I don't know. Why is he in your almanac, Tom?
2: Uh, Because he made such an impact on the whole world. Can you imagine what a restaurant would be without a light or uh, air conditioning? Oh, I see.
3: So what you said is uh, he had the electric light bulb, which certainly changed the face of the restaurant world. Imagine what it would be like to dine only by candlelight.
2: Mm hmm Yep.
3: And then you have, if you want to experience it, go to Muriel's. But Muriel's, Tom, it's my shoe. It's mm-hmm. my shoe. Um, my shoe? Yeah, you keep looking like there's some foreign object flying around, but it's yeah. just my shoe. <laughs> Every time I cross my my leg.
2: Yeah, what is that about anyway? Um,
3: it's my shoe, Tom. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, it's
2: my shoe. Da, 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 da. You were talking about Murials, but Muriel's. you know,
3: they the fire marshals came in and advised them to change their candlelight to fake the, candlelight. The ones
2: on the outside?
3: They're all fake now.
2: Yeah, I mean they've been there for a, a long time and in I fact, mean, it's still
3: a cool effect. You can have fake candlelight and still have it look good. Well
2: there were a couple or three restaurants before that was Muriel's. Uh, one of them was a national chain. The Chart House. The Chart House, which was very famous for a lot of people. I'll bet you right now there are at least 10 people who were fairly regular customers at... Uh, at uh,
3: okay, I was not a regular customer no? at this Chart House. As a matter of fact, chart I don't house. know that I ever went to this Chart House when it was the Chart House. Yeah. But we were regulars at the Chart House in... DC, when we lived there,
2: mm-hmm.
3: there's a chart house in uh, Virginia right across the Potomac. It's on the Potomac in Alexandria. And it's a very mm-hmm. cool building. There's a little sort of turret, like a lighthouse. And we used to always like to sit in the lighthouse. And what I loved about what I what I loved about the salads was that Mary Lee used to joke with me, I would get several different kinds of salads and um and there would be sort of a stack, like the princess and the pea. I would just sort of stack the plates. And she used to like to tease me about that because, can I use it for a minute? Mm-hmm. Oh, you need it? You really need it that much? No, like I, I was can gonna get it. I have other pencils here. in here. Okay, well, here, you can have it if you really, really need nah, it. No, I can live without it. Because I can also borrow it when I need it. Sure. I'm going to be needing it every now okay, and then. remember here, here.
2: that it's over here. And I okay, here, it, I'll uh, just grab it from you. You can have um, it as I, long as you want. I,
3: I tried to steal Tom's pencil, but he's not having it. Here, I've got it. You take this one. I'll take okay. that one. 260 is the number. Don't we have some fascinating fascinating things on the air
2: yeah like what
3: like battling about who's going to use the pencil it's mm. it's riveting what can i say yeah
2: well yeah. you know nobody's done it before so we may as well be number 1
3: <laughs> and i don't think anyone's going to do it again i, have I don't know to say. you know
2: pe- when when i talk to people <laughs> which i do more than any other thing i do while doing yeah, this uh-huh. uh what i always get back from them is you know, uh, the things you bring up are so far out, and uh, really, I love listening to this, this stuff. And wow. I, get, I really do. I get that all the time, so God bless them, uh, but also to everybody who is going to Muriel's or any of a bunch of other restaurants in the okay, city. Okay, this
3: will be funny, Tom.
2: Oh, I can't wait to hear Here's
3: it. Here's a review yeah. written by a, a newspaper reviewer. Yeah. Quote the Cajun jambalaya at yeah. 1595 tasted as if some dry, hot spice mix had been randomly sprinkled over chunks of flavorless chicken, and shrimp.
2: Mm-hmm. What
3: is that a review of?
2: Uh, give me a, another reading on that.
3: It's a place that it's a local place mm-hmm. yep. that has only come to town about six years ago. Yeah. Very popular national chain. Mm -hmm. This is a review of their Cajun jambalaya. The Cajun jambalaya tasted as if some dry, hot spice mix had been randomly sprinkled over chunks of flavorless chicken and shrimp.
2: Wow, there are so many uh, dishes that would meet those descriptions. Well,
3: it's it's a review of the Cheesecake Factory.
2: The Cheesecake Factory.
3: Yes, and you said a place you should never go looking for jambalaya. You know what? I know you don't like the Cheesecake Factory. I know you don't. But of all of the chains, the Cheesecake Factory is actually really good. You think so? I do. I really do think so. Now, well, I never... now I wouldn't get jambalaya there. Certainly not here, when you can get real jambalaya and good jambalaya. But for basic kinds of things, I think it's really good. You know, what I find interesting about the Cheesecake Factory is its breadth of menu. It really covers a wide scope. I mean, it's a booklet. It's it's a it's a book actually, and it's just about every imaginable american dish out there but i think they do a really credible job with most of them yeah yeah i think their pizza is fine i think their guacamole is good they have great sliders i i confess i have a thing for their sliders
2: well you found They come yourself.
3: in a stack of four they're mm. semi greasy buns it's kind of like if if if, um, what's that place you used to really like? The Crystal. If The Crystal was good, was that's what this would be. When I was 14. No, Tom, you were doing Crystal recently. Not, Don't try to fake no, it.
2: No, I haven't. That's uh, that's off my list.
3: I remember driving with children in tow.
2: Yep. That's how it And
3: having did. to stop at a Crystal that we found somewhere. So mm-hmm. we're not talking about... Well, our kids are 30 years old. but Yeah, well, that
2: that kind of changes the thought.
3: So it could be maybe 20 years ago. But Uh but I think if that crystal was still on Royal Street, because it's – I think that was the one right by Deuce McAllister's Old Saint. I think it was right there next to it. It's not there anymore. I don't know what it is now, but – it's not been that long that the crystal's been gone. Did you ever hit that crystal on Royal Street, Tom? Uh,
2: no, I don't I'll think bet he so. Did. Um, but here's something that you might not know about uh about the crystal. They were a uh, a uh how uh, what's what's the word hamburger? Uh, no, no, it was uh, a, a completely family-owned uh, business. And Are they still? No, they about uh. I'm going to say about five to ten years ago, they sold it, finally. But it was the same family the whole time. I
3: wonder what they sold it for.
2: I can't remember, but I do remember that uh, this is going to make for better hamburgers. What? Uh, the absence of crystals. Oh, okay. And now, when I was, again, I tell you, 14 or thereabouts, I I used to like them. I, we would just glam them down uh, when we would get off of school. Uh, when I was going to Jesuit, we would go over there, and each of us would... Where was would,
3: there a crystal when you are Jesuit?
2: Airline Highway, right before you get to David, David Drive. Uh, yep, we we were in okay. there every afternoon eating tons of these things, tons, tons.
3: What and was that burger place that you used to also like? It wasn't Burger King. It was Burger Chef, maybe? Was there a Burger oh, uh, Chef?
2: Burger Chef, I don't think was here any uh, anytime recently.
3: No, no, no. This would have been when you were, you know, riding around with guys at Jesuit. Mm. Was there a place called Burger Chef? Does anybody uh, remember that? There was
2: one, but it was not common around here. You saw a lot of them in Texas. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, it's news time, and then we'll come back with the third course of the food show. I think it's uh, four, huh? Nope, two. Two? Just anyway, two, two more.
3: we'll be back. You're listening to WWL uh, 105.3 okay. FM HD2.
0: All right.